So, Father, we come right now, and uh, we come to unite our hearts with you. We connect to, with oneness right now. We come in harmony, soul harmony, where two or more agree is touching anything, God. Right now, join our hearts to in agreement with the heart of God for the situations of people right now. And Father, we lift our voice right now and we call out some names right now. Bend our hearts, use our voice right now in the name of Jesus right now. We pray for Serge's uh, nephew in the name of the Lord Jesus, that God, that you'd free him from unnatural sorrow. There's a sorrow, but then there's an unnatural sorrow. Let him have a well-balanced area of healing from the sorrow that he's been in. God, restore his heart. God, let him go in from mourning to fondness. God, let him, let him make that transition and see hope and let him have that eternal reality of Jesus Christ in his heart that he'll see him again, once again, on another side and another time. And I pray for him right now. Touch his heart, touch his mind, strengthen his family in, this, in that area of loss. In the name of Jesus, touch every member of that family. Heal their hearts in that area, God. Let them walk, go from beauty, uh, from ashes to beauty right now in Jesus' name. We praise you and thank you that you do that. You heal the brokenhearted for the spirit of the Lord is on you and you heal the brokenhearted. Heal their hearts, heal their minds, invade their memories in the name of Jesus, we pray. Pray for Sarah's dad for a continuing recovery from strength to strength. Everyone that appears before the Lord in Zion and give him more strength upon strength, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray for strength for his body, strength for his mind, strength in his spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And we give you thanks for raising him up, building him up. And God, I thank you for the dimensional life lessons in every in this whole situation. In the name of Jesus, I praise you and thank you that he furthers his walk in you, a greater dimension of you. And how he's made and what he's bent to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We give you thanks right now. I pray for Danielle. I pray for Chloe. I pray for their household right now. That you bless their food. You bless their water. And you take sickness from the midst of them. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And God, we stay the plague. Like Moses said, stay the plague. We stand against these plagues, these viruses, these sicknesses. In the name of Jesus, God. We stand fast in the work and the accomplishment that you accomplished. And with your wounds, they're healed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. They were healed 2,000 years ago. They were healed the day they received you. And you continue to manifest healing in their body today. So we give you praise and we give you thanks for who you are and what you do. And we thank you right now. Let your glory fill the earth right now, God. Let your glory, your person, your nature, your realness right now fill the earth. Let your light shine in the midst of darkness through all of us and through your people, God, through the remnant of God. I pray that, Father, in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks. We open our hearts, open our minds. We pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I pray that you'd bend my heart and direction, God, right now, for where you want to go and what you want to reveal. So open up the heart, open up the mouth, and let... You manifest your glory in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to John chapter 4. I never did finish in John 5, but let's go to John 4. John chapter 4, and I'm going to read, we'll start in verse 24, 
but I'm gonna go probably backwards and forwards, so we'll stay there. But just put your finger there for a moment, right? In that in that scripture. And I want you to write down what we always do prophetically, uh, equipping, right? So time, seasons, and happenings. And I want you to do that in your life all the time. What time am I in? What season am I in? What's the happening of God right now? Where am I at? Because God's alive and there's something going on for you, in you, right? Yes. Talk to a, a friend the other day. Talk to him about how you gr how we grow in life, you know, like the principle of unto us a child was born and uh, unto us a son is given. Now, when we receive Jesus, we got born again. And we were children, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a sealed deal. But then we grow into sonship and maturity and then hearing him and walking with him, right? And learning him. And so sometimes you, in that posture, as you're growing with God, you're going to find yourself, there's less uh, fearing, less worrying, less complaining, less, all that. It's less. Because mm -hmm. you already have the answer in your heart. I'm either going to believe and then not indict him or I'm going to be, I'm in a place of disciplining and enduring. I don't have to complain. I don't have to talk a lot. I just, I know where I'm at. I'm in one of those two and I'm going to respond according to, right? Yeah. So, so that's part of growing up. I mean, it's not like, you know, the religious thing is, is, is crazy. It's a lot of complaining, worrying and fearing. I, I talked to someone and I, I talked to a lot of, actually a few about it and I had people to tell me they're concerned, right? And they're, they're not really concerned. Concerning, now what you write in your notes. If you're concerned about something, Psalm says the Lord will perfect what concerns you. If you're concerned about something, you put something on your heart, concerning, you have an intention to take action. I want you to write that. If you're concerned, godly concern, it has the intention to take action. I'm going to say it again. Godly concern has the, the I forgot, the intention to take action. That's godly concern. It's to, it's to do something, fix something, manifest his reality in that something, right? So if it's not, and people mask it, and I've had that talk, they told me all, they mask concerning with worrying. What it is, is what they're saying is, uh, with the negativity, if it's just worrying, it's rooted in fearing. And there's no resolving. Write that down. If it's worrying, it's rooted in fear and no resolving. They'll tell you what they feel, what they think, but it's all full of fear and anxiety, and it's not a concern. And if you find yourself doing that, catch yourself, right? Make the correction, the adaptations. Um, am I concerned? Is this concerning of, uh, from the Lord, or is this me worrying? Right. Because everything that you see and everything that, that you, uh, you call concern is not at all concern, yeah. right? Because concern, again, has the intention to take action. Yeah. So we're not going to just kind of rehearse because worrying is full of fear. Well, you know, I, I'm just, I'm concerned. No, you're worrying. You, you don't have a resolve. Let's take action on it. How do we fix that? You should, all you have to do is go there and be there. Oh, I don't want to. I'm just worrying. Mm -hmm. And what some people do with worrying and watch out for their manipulation, and I, I know how to, how to kind of handle that more now, is that they'll tell you they're worrying and they want to administrate you and delegate it to you and not lift a finger and do anything. Or anywho, I got it. <laughs> or, yeah, that, you got to watch that, right? They they say they see everything, but they don't. Their con, their concern is not concerned. It's worrying, and they want to delegate for you to do something, right. not for them to do something. Right. And so that you have to manage people's excuses in that. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I work with that. I'll just won't I won't respond to that. I'm not going to do it when it's worrying and it's fearing. It's glooming and dooming. Mm -hmm. No hope. And, and, you know, we have a lively hope. The Bible teaches in Peter that we have a lively hope. And I'm going to tell you right now in your experience in life, I've been doing this for almost 41 years mm -hmm. and experience in life. No matter how hard hardships are, there's always a hope. Yeah. There's always a lively hope. Right. It's not just I hope so. Or one day I hope so. No, no. That's natural hope. Mm -hmm. Peter says we have a lively hope connected to resurrection. See, that's eternal. 
And so when we have that hope, somehow we don't know how, we don't know the whys, but inside we just got this silver lining in the problem. Somehow there's this little tiny voice that gives you a hope that's full of life. Somehow it's in there. It's called, Peter says it's a lively hope. It's ba- he says in a, it's based in the resurrection, that hope, which means it's life. Yeah. You're, I want you to write down Christianity is not a doctrine, right? It's not a study. It is life. Yeah. It's Zoe. It's the energy. It's the nature of Jesus Christ. That's what born again was all about. It wasn't some doctrine, some Pentecostal religion, you know, that we, we go to an altar and just utter a word. No, man, you got his very nature in you. And that's why Peter says he's so happy about it. He writes all these adjectives. Being born again of an incorruptible seed. He's, he uses the most colorful adjectives if you read Peter's writings. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes, I'm a born again incorruptible seed. Uh, a partaker of a divine nature. He's like, nothing to do with religion on that. He even talks to, blessed be the God and Father. And all the religious Jewish people are like, you can't call God your father. So he shakes cages, but he knows the nature within him. Right. He also writes, we have all things that pertain to life and godliness. I was telling Sarah, I was watching the documentaries and different guys and some war guys that are having uh, post-traumatic syndrome. And so I'm hearing so many stories about it. And, they, and these guys, they're leaning into psychedelics. Right. They think psychedelics will help them face truth. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't need psychedelics. We need all things that pertain to life and godliness. God created them. He, he, he wants to forge something in them. He wants them to encounter them. But they don't want anything to do with uh, modern-day Christianity because it, it, it lost its entity. And you can write that down in your own life. Wherever it became religion, my Christianity lost the entity. The entity is the person of Jesus. The entity is the life of God, the Zoe of God. Write that down because we don't live by that. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We don't live by all these uh, doctrines and headiness and just trying to behave right or self-effort or self-doubling you know, doubling up effort. I'll do better. I'll do more. I'll pray more. That's not even God. That's out of the wrong tree. Right. It's Christ in us that lives in us. I and mean, he's talking to us, speaking into us, revealing himself through us every day. And even in silence, I was talking to a buddy. Even in silence, you're going to learn him. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So in the times and seasons and the happenings, we're, going, we're leaning into the life of Jesus in us. John 10, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. I came to give you a life that's higher in quality. And that's reality, right? And you're going to discover it. The principle of God, write it down, Genesis 26. He says that there's two twins wrestling in the womb. And he said, one day, one day, he said, the younger is going to overtake the elder. And that's in our lives. You know, we live how many, many years you did before you, you got born again. And pretty soon, that other, that new life in you will overtake the old life. Mm-hmm. Or you're more sensitive. Or you hear him. Or you listen to eternal truths. And like I told you last week, there's many voices, but you don't want to listen to those. You want to listen to him within you. He has a personal word, a personal journey, a personal destiny for every one of us. And he's speaking that. It doesn't really matter like, oh, this is what's going on or that's what's going on. It don't matter what they're saying what's going on. It's what he's saying within you that's going on. That's going to get you on your path and your journey of life. You know, a destiny of life, a purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And that's part of you until you leave this planet. And so that's what we're living by, right? Man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we have all things, say all things things. that pertain to life and godliness. I don't need the psychedelics, right? (laughs) But you have that. And that would unpack those guys and they would liberate those dudes. But, you know, uh, 
Christianity without the entity, nah, not going to help them at all. Tell them to go to a, you know, a, a, an empty church with an empty voice with, a, with all the smoke screen. No, they won't even go there. You know, this time in life, you go to them. Mm-hmm. You bring them reality. And it's truth and it works every time. Mm-hmm. I, 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 talk, I talked to a guy, I don't know, a few years back. And he came in the back of the gym and he started talking to me. And God's energy starts happening. And then he told me, man, I've been going to this church in Midland all like five years. And, I've, uh, and yeah, he's never been born again. Never accepted the Lord. He just attended church. I'm like, you got to start with the with your heart and the confession out of your mouth to let him in your life so he can light up your life, right? And so he, I do, and then he did, and he, and he began to change in life. And write in your notes, without eternal life, there is no change in life. Without eternal life, there will no, be, be no change in life. And all the 40-plus years that I've dealt with men, I ponder it all the time because I want to see true transformation and change. I know that I've had that I want to impart that and give that as well. But I found that there's either two groups of people that I've dealt with, unregenerated, and what the answer is, that they got to, they're going to be born again, accept Jesus and have an encounter in their hearts and come alive, right? That's called being born again and receiving the nature of God that will never leave you. The day you said, I do, he said, I will never leave you. The day you said, I do, I will, I'll never leave you. It's, it's just an utterance from your mouth and your heart and life comes in you. Light comes in you. Truth comes in you. And it might be a small measure. And I'm not talking about feelings, but that thing's going to grow in you, right? That's the seed of the kingdom. It's him in us, right? And the second issue is unbroken. They're either unregenerate or they're unbroken men. They can't, when I used to go in there and have, we have a corporate meeting, they can't, they can't sense. They don't lift their hands. They don't weep. They don't do any of that. They, they just stand still. So what that means is there's an unbrokenness. Right. And how and the whole principle of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God is unless a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains and abides alone. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing with us is going to break us in areas, not break our spirits, not break our hope. Not that yeah. he's going to take a, he's going to bury us. So we come up a new life, mm-hmm. the husk of, of our hardness of our soul. Mm-hmm. Say, I am a spirit. Mm-hmm. I have a soul. I live in a body. And the dealings, what I'm talking about, the husk changing is our soul being touched, right? And uh, that, that touches self-will. That touches a lot of areas of the soul, right? Yeah. The saving of the soul is, is in James. He writes about the saving of the soul. We're not talking. People that are ignorant of the scriptures and don't know the power of God and want to make saving of the soul, people going to heaven and hell. It's not what it is. Yeah. That's not what your soul is. Your spirit and soul are different. Hebrews 4, write it down. Ponder it and walk through the pieces of it in your life. So you know that because he's going he's gonna to save your soul, Hebrews 7, 25, to the uttermost. And, there's that, and that's what changes our lives. Our minds will not cooperate and they'll argue. Reasoning will argue with spirit's intuition. Re- the stronger the reasoning, the more we get locked up and high-centered. Yeah. Right? So he's going to have to, he'll, he'll renew us, uh, uh, leak out our imaginations, things that don't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, craftiness, he'll exhaust us. Those are all things out of the soul that it will start collapsing. That's part of the husk being stripped off of us. Right. And then his life starts coming on. Yeah. Then it becomes more normal. Mm-hmm. Then you live more in energy. You live more in reality mm-hmm. and, uh, and not imaginary, right? But there's so many areas of the soul, right? Yeah. The mind needs to be renewed. How do we do that? You know, when we talk to God, when we communicate with God, listen and write down your notes. Pay attention to the words you're saying. Pay attention to the words you're praying. Because yeah. out of your heart, eventually... That God will join your words. And when your words are joined with him and he enters your thoughts or his thoughts, now you're saying something that you never heard before, right? Mm-hmm. 
I want you to write down in your notes. I, there's been seasons of, of, uh, of waiting and respect. And then Psalm says, I'm waiting and respecting his plans to develop, right? I'm waiting and respecting his plans to develop. I'm, I'm paraphrasing it in the positive. The negative was Israel would not wait respecting his plans to develop. And so when we're waiting every day, 24 hours, I told you last week, deep calls into deep. Psalmist said, Paul says that there's a searching that goes on in us. Sometimes when you have an exhausting day and you feel like, man, I'm not hearing Jack. When you lay down and sleep, you go into a, a subconscious state. You, you still know you're searching. I don't know if you, I know you've experienced it. I don't want to say if you haven't. You lay down and you, your mind is tired. The old you is, is in human form, but there's a thing that you've got to resolve. And then you're laying in a subconscious state. Sometimes that's what produces dreams and you're feeling after God. You're searching after God because he says the deep things will resound by the spirit. It's constantly going on because you're eternal. God doesn't slumber or sleep and neither does your spirit. Your spirit's alive 24-7. So if you don't tap it in the day, you'll tap it in the night. That's why Psalm 16, Psalm 17, David said, in the night season, my spirit counsels me, right? God advises me. He says in the night season, these are human beings just like us that had this reality of God, not real religion. You know, he didn't tell them go to the altar and pray more and tarry more. There is no tarrying. You've got it in you. That's right. Christ in you. And he's going to manifest through you. Yes. And he'll deal with the thing that's hindering you. Mm-hmm. If your mindset's off, you got a mind block, put mindset, mind blocks. That's the thing that he'll start dealing with. Yeah. You know, he'll pound it. Uh, Isaiah 41, I, I told you guys Tuesday, he's the hammer and the anvil. And he said, I'm, the hammer and the anvil, I'll pound that into you until you get it. I'll pound that into you and I'll pound that out of you. Yeah. I'm the hammer, I'm the anvil. I'll forge you. So you're not, you're not hung up by mind blocks, right? You're not hung up by mindsets. Oh, yes. And, the, and the, all of us go through that, right? So if you're in that, you, if you, I'm gonna have a mind block that's always blocking me. It, I, I, I get inspired and I get blocked, right? Mm-hmm. The Lord will start dealing with that. Now that's not the renewing of the mind, that's a transforming in areas. You, you'll start seeing the depths of your soul. Like here's another one in your mind. And it's in 2 Corinthians 3. And he says uh, of Moses, he said, uh, Paul says, quit paying attention to the ministry of condemnation. Quit paying attention to the law and religion. And he said, as soon as you turn your eyes from that dead works, dead thing, dead religion, the veil will be removed from you. And you'll see him. Not a, not a letter, but a written epistle. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You guys read Second Corinthians. So whenever I've had my gaze set on something, and on religion, performance, self-righteousness, uh, any of those things that are in that order, and it's a sad thing that, you know, I want you to write this. It's a beautiful scripture, Philippians 3, 9. He said, I, I, I want to be found in him, Paul says. It's a most, one of the greatest articulated scriptures I always look at. And he goes through uh, Philippians 3, 9, that I might be found in him, not obtaining anything out of self-effort, self-righteousness, religion, nothing, just purely found in him, not on a righteousness, but only his. And that's what it is. It's sad to say that most of the the, the people that I've dealt with that that have no experience in life, they're just self-righteous in life. They want to tell everybody what to do, but they have no life to bring to the situation. It's just letters. Whether it's a, a ink in a, in a New Testament, it's not reality. You got to do this. You got to do that. That's not God's reality. Yeah. 
He's not putting command, uh, commandments of old that he knows that you couldn't keep. Mm -hmm. He put his life in you so you could fulfill all things that pertain to this life and godliness. Mm -hmm. So there's sometimes in your soul you have mind blocks. Sometimes you have veil blocks. You're looking at the wrong thing. But my, my, uh, this is not a heavenly vision. It was my grandma's religion. And she said, I have to do this or I have to do that. And then once you turn your eyes from that veil, a veil is thin. Mm -hmm. the, and it, all of a sudden it's gone. And now you see as he really is. You go, oh, you didn't want that from me anyway, right? right. So yeah, so that's, that's another thing. Revelations, you guys look it up, I think three, some or two. He says in our souls, basically, you'll read it, is the seat of Satan. <laughs> Satan wants to sit in the temple of God. And that's what Thessalonians says, calling himself God. So sometimes he wants to sit in the seat of Satan is in our souls. And he wants to sit in the temple of God, directing our lives, saying it's God. And then when you start awakening to that depth of soul, God will get you out of that. Or you're not listening to the voice of the stranger. You're not listening to the voice of the accuser. You're not listening to the voice of doubt and depression. You're not listening to that voice. That's Satan's seat. Yeah. And he's saying, I'm God. I'm calling myself God in the temple of God. That's Thessalonians. So those are so many areas of the soul that God wants to bury, strip from us, so his life can be forged out of us. I don't care what term you use. The experience will happen for you. Right. You know, the Old Testament, they'll say you need Joshua. He circumcised Joshua again. Whatever, he cut off the areas of hindrance. I don't care what, how you look at it. Go through it, mm -hmm. right? And, the, and I find, I, like I told you, I found it's either unbroken, and but God wants to break those areas off our life, renew our minds, get us off of mind blocks, mindsets, glancing at the wrong thing, not listening to Satan's seating. And that's an effort, man. Mm -hmm. That goes on a lot. But the life of us is eternal and it keeps progression. Right. It keeps progressing. It keeps growing. The whole principle of Mark 4, people tell me, well, I tried this. I tried that. I tried this. I did that. I need to do the, more of this. I need to know why you need to stop. Mm -hmm. Right? Jesus said it in Mark 4, when it's planted into the ground, it springs up night and day and we don't even know how. Mm -hmm. That's God's sovereignty and reality. Mm -hmm. That God is moving in you. That's the Father's love. The day that you said, I do... He continues his love in you and you grow and if you're and you're growing in Christ Jesus, you're growing into exceeding more faith. Mm -hmm. You're growing into elements and substance with Jesus Christ. Yes. And I meet the other people that I've counseled and they're still stale bread. Mm. Well, what were they leaning to? They're not leaning into the life of Jesus, the reality of Jesus, the nature of the, of the father. They stay stagnant in, in a mental religion, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not what that's not a, that's not what we're gonna do. We're gonna keep going forward, learn his life, listen to his life, follow his life. Light, love, and truth, right? Yes. Don't need those psychedelics to, to face truth. You can face truth every day you're with him. Yes. It's grace and truth that came by Jesus Christ. And when we start facing the truth, we start changing, and Ephesians 4 says, into the new man. We start stripping off old things and putting on new things. I don't need ayahuasca and, and the puke and have a, a head trip to make that change. No. I got the reality of God, the mystery of Christ, that I can hear it, face the truth. And yes. so the sooner I face it, grace enables me to face it, right? Yes. I've seen the people that I've talked with this past week. They're in denial. You don't deny truth, right? The principle of Pilate is what is truth? And he looks at Jesus and Jesus said, I am this truth. But Pilate turns away. He had his day. Face the truth, handle the truth, strip off the old, 
put on the new and, and you stand in the new man. Yes. But you, it's grace and truth. He gives you the grace to, to face, yes. to put that down. He gives you the grace to face yourself and be honest with yourself mm-hmm. and be honest with your difficulties. Yes. Be honest with your transgressions. Be honest with every situation that's pounding around in your soul. Mm-hmm. That Satan's empowering and lying, telling you there's no redemption in. You know, I talk to people that, and they're like, yeah, but I've, I've been in this so long, I wasted my life. No, no, God didn't send it, but there's redemption in him. His name is Redeemer. He just doesn't redeem. And that's what we talked about last week. Old things, behold, old things have passed away, are passed away. All things are new. Mm-hmm. There's no more sting in the old anymore. Yes. That's part of reality. I've, I've counseled people that for 30 years they carry the same burden, same thing. That means that they're not listening, yeah. right? They're unbroken or, or they're unregenerate. I got to get them right. One way or another, I, you got to get them life. You got to get them light. So if they never have, they go, I have it. No problem. Let's get it and let's redeem time. Oh, I keep resisting. I, I, I love myself more than these truths. Well, let's, you want to stay high center, let's get you off of there. Yeah. Truth will lead you out of there. Psalms uh, 86, I think four, 14 or 4, he goes, he said, uh, uh, Unite my heart, Lord, David said. Teach me your ways that I might walk in truth. So truth is, that, is a major factor in making changes. Yes. And truth is based off of his eternal life. And you don't have to be afraid of the truth, right? Because no. it'll, it'll shrink. God's light has two purposes, to enlighten, right? To enlighten you right there and kill the bacterias in you. Light does both. So we don't, we're not fearing it. We'll just deal with it. Write it down. Write the vision. Make it plain. Make it clear. Face yourself. You know? Don't be something that you're not. Don't lie to yourself. Don't let your let deception cover and mind block you. Just take it off. Be naked and not ashamed. You know, the Lord did it as a pattern for us. When he hung on the cross, he wasn't wearing some Catholic loincloth. He was naked. Totally naked. Whipped, beaten, beyond human recognition. Naked and not ashamed. Right? And as that pattern, we'll be naked before him, right? He, Hebrews 4 says, all things are naked before him and whom we have to deal with, right? Yes. So, we, you know, Adam was afraid. Where are you, Adam? I'm afraid. Uh, I'm naked. And God said, who told you you're naked? Me and you deal with uh, transparency every day of our lives. Who told you you're naked? Yeah. Oh, but I better put a fig leaf on. And he goes, hey, that's not going to cover you. Mm-hmm. Be open with me. I love you. Mm-hmm. Not Adam, Adam, I hate you. Adam, Adam, where are you? I love you. Don't cover up your stuff. Don't deny it. Don't, don't put a fig leaf on you. Right? Take it off. Let's be transparent. Let's walk again in the cool of the day. Yeah. Let's grow up. Yes. Right? Yes. So let's go to John 4. I said that leading. I want you to write down too with that um, times that we're in and, and you help other people with it like you're doing with your bro. You help them with it to wake up. Right? Tell them wait time to wake up. Because a lot of people are behind the curve right now in life. Yeah. They, they, they stand behind the curve by one of those blocks. You know, see to Satan, mind blocks, mindsets. They got to get outside that box. God doesn't live in a box. He breaks us out of it. He is dimensional, according to Paul and our experience. He said, I pray that you would have love to comprehend the dimensional reality of God. Yes. So start doing that. So let's, let's keep waiting on God, respecting, but let's keep searching. Like keep searching, feeling after him, searching. Let's keep waiting. Okay, I'm waiting and listening, but searching. Yeah. Psalms 144, I believe it is. He said, my, t- my heart gushes on a matter. Listen to your heart 
and what's gushing as you're speaking. So listen to your heart, what's gushing, what's speaking. You're going to find the Lord in that. You're going to hear something that you didn't hear until you started speaking it, right? It can live in you, but sometimes you don't even know until you start speaking. He said, There's, my heart is gushing on a matter. He said, my, pit, my tongue becomes like a pen of a ready writer. My, my heart will gush on a matter. My tongue will be like a writer. Listen to what your tongue is writing. Start talking to him. Start speaking out. You could start in frustration and end up in intercession. Whatever. But you're going to find that's another tool. As you're speaking, you're hearing it for the first time. And you can't even plan it. It comes out as you're talking. That's right. All of a sudden, there's light. There's love life. So my heart's gushing now on a matter. And my tongue becomes like a ready writer. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I got some direction. Oh, I'm not just waiting now. I'm searching. Yeah. And, my, and my heart talking begins the searching. Mm-hmm. And then it gives me understanding, right? Yes. There's a spirit in man, Job says, and the inspirations of God. And it gives me life, he says, Job, and understanding. So let's do the waiting, respecting, right? I told you, you, you know, make it harder for God. He likes to show up, you know. Uh, he's the God that answers by fire. I can pull double water. I can, I can lean into his ways. This is, these are years and seasons of notable miracles, mm-hmm. noteworthy writings, things that we could not possibly do with our own hand. Mm-hmm. And then you start seeing that. And I'm not just talking about it. I'm not going to, you know, another day, because I get, hate to think about you like, you know, you're boasting in the Lord. I don't want to do that. But it happened. And there's story after story that I can say I can take no credit for it, but I see his reality in it. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaning into that again for the next level of needs in life, mm-hmm. right? So look for the notable, noteworthy stuff. Keep your stuff on the altar, do double water, and he's the God that answers by fire. Yeah. Don't try to trick him. Don't try to use his name without his heart. Don't do that. Job said he frustrated at my craftiness. Don't get crafty. Just deal with honesty. Right. You know, all that other stuff is falling down the garbage pen, man. It's going away. The institutional stuff with all the hype, push, pump, and pull is dead. Right? It's dust. Yeah. It's done. They can talk about his name without his... They can pull the God card without the God heart until people don't follow it no more. Mm-hmm. People are looking for a city whose builder and maker is God, the reality of Jesus. Mm-hmm. With the person, the presence, the power, and the stature. Yeah. And that's for all of us to be in, mm-hmm. in the lane that we are. So how do we do it? Take heed to our spirits. Start listening. Let's go into the ground and die to the areas. Let them strip off the husk so we don't remain alone in that. And we multiply. Mm-hmm. We grow, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's, so write down, wake up, you know, so people are behind the curve. God will wake you up. He'll catch them up, right? Mm-hmm. And that has to do with redemption and raising them. That has to do with resurrection. Resurrection life is connected to the Zoe life. Jesus said in John 11, I am the resurrection and I am the life. We live by life. We have occasions with resurrection when dead things need to come back alive. Revelations 3, he said, let nobody take your crown. I don't know the order of it. I'm quoting it right, but it's in the third chapter. And he says, some things are dying in you. Strengthen that which remains. Mm-hmm. Whatever's dying in you that was from him, strengthen that that remains. Right? And that's because that's you are the temple of God. That's what he's building. You. Now, the, the buildings that are empty and people just want you know, a paycheck and they're hirelings and they're, they're looking for the easy way. That thing's, there's nothing about strengthening that. That's... That's dying. Doors are closing. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be able to bear the situation that, that's going on on the planet. 
So here we go, John, uh, John chapter four, right? I'm already, I don't even know how much time, I'm, I'm already at 31 minutes, I didn't even get to teaching anything. Wow, you getting anything so far? I didn't, I, I, I'm surprised, right? Good. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll lean into it. Maybe we just start it today. John chapter four. It's in verse one. I'll start in verse one. And when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples, verse three, he left Judah, Judea, and departed unto Galilee. Verse four. And he must needs go. I want you to circle must. He must needs go. I want you to circle that word must. That must is in our lives. There's, it's not a command of, of the law. It's not a command of the letter. It's an inspiration that we must follow this area. We must make the change in this direction. There's, that, that must is by inspiration, not by a, a carnal commandment. There, every one of us have that must in us. Yeah. I must leave this and must go here. Yes. Think about your must, right? Think about the must, M-U-S-T, where you know that so you're going to find the living one in you in that area. What must I do here? What must I cooperate with? What must I walk out of? What must I walk into? Who must I speak to? Who must I not talk to? Right. That must in you. Yes. That's not a letter. It's not a carnal commandment. It's that must. I, I got to go. I got to do this. You know, that's more inspirational. There's different sound of, I better obey this, right? Yeah. That dead work nonsense that I dealt with with religious men forever. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to obey the Lord. You're not obeying the Lord. I don't want to live by what you call obedience because that's dead. I want to live by what must I be going? Where must I go? Mm -hmm. And so you'll see Paul in I think Acts 21 or 23 that this prophet came to him and said, Paul, if you go to this direction, you're going to get your hands tied. They're going to captivate you. And uh, do this to it. And Paul said, no, man, I must go. I don't care if they tie my arms up. I don't care what they do. I must go there. Mm -hmm. I got a must word for Rome. I got a must word for this friend. And I got a must change of direction for my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear guys that they'll come to me and complain to me every single day about their jobs. And, you know, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing God. I'm not doing that. Well, what must you do? Yeah. Right? Because there's a must too in you to do. Yeah. Not a dead obedience. I'm talking about an inspired must. You know, I must leave California and go to East Texas. Not commanded to. I must. Yeah. I try to say, no, is it really you? I must. It comes back around. Mm -hmm. So whatever that must is to do, you follow that. That's going to unlock. The must to do is going to unlock your destiny of God through you. Mm -hmm. Right? So that, and don't make it hard. Let's not make it over ultra spiritual. Mm -hmm. Inside of you, there's, I, I got to go there. I got to do this. I, you know, it's in, that, in that must and I got to, there's a want to. I got to. I want to do this. I don't want to. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. And even the way out of sins. I, I don't want to. I got to do this. Mm -hmm. Not because. Not we're not talking about judgments and fear. No, we're talking about motivation by God mm -hmm. for the progression of Christ in your life, for the furtherance and the enlargement of the kingdom to you, your household, and to others. Yes. Amen. Amen. So write down that must. What he says, I and must needs go to Samaria. And then verse five, and then comes to the city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, 
near to the place of grounds of the Jacob that he gave to his son Joseph. And now Jacob's well was there, circle Jacob's well. And there's so much to learn in this. And I, I don't know if I'll wait till next week, but we can glean from it now. Jacob's well, it was based on a man that was moving with God a long time ago. And there's a lot of people that were moving with God a long time ago. And it was Jacob's well. And if you want to put Jacob's well for the now, and you're going to see the Lord unpack it, Jacob's well is the institutional. Where it, one day, 20, 30 years ago, it was a movement. Now it's become a monument. Yeah. Now it's become an idol. Now it's become a statue. Now it's become a dead idol. Dead. Mm-hmm. Jacob's well, you know? It was a movement one time ago, but it's a monument now. And it's frozen. Mm-hmm. So, and it says, uh, uh, and you think about that in your life. I, remember he said, old things have passed away. 2022, old things have, are passed away. Good things Whatever the, the God things, you don't want to stay there and make a monument. You want to go add to your faith. Right. Let them add to the next part of him in your life, to the next part of life. That was a good time. That was a God time. But let's go to the next time. Yeah. Right? That's how we stay relevant and current. That's how we have a word of life in a season. That's right? right? Yes. And, it's ch- and, and you're, in the, you're in the go, you're in the know, and you're following him. Mm-hmm. And you're bringing him. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what you did this week with, with your buddy. You know, he's, he's talking about all things that pertain to life and godliness. He, he needs a confirmation. He needs an inspiration. He needed to hear, what do I do now? Yeah. Right? The, the kingdom applies to all practicalities. Right. It's the wisdom of God in every single thing. Right. You can't get that Viking dude of yours into some building with skinny jeans and smoke screen. No. Mm-hmm. And guys that are impotent or, you know, have been there forever and like Eli's ready to break a chair and fall over. You, you're not going to get him in there. Mm-hmm. He won't go there. And that's why we're going out, right? Whoever we meet, that's why it's extended. That yeah. part of Christ in you is extended to him in Odessa. That's right. Whatever part's in you is extended to them, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the Lord said. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to break you, offer you up, and multiply you and distribute you. Mm-hmm. That's the word. We're part of the bread. We're part of the loaf now, man. Yeah. He lifted up the loaf and he said, bless it, break it, distribute it. You're part of the loaf. Yes. You're part of the loaf. He lifted you, he broke you, and now he's going to distribute you. And freely you've received from him, that's what you freely give. Yes. So it says uh, in verse 6, Now Jacob's well, and, there, and was there Jesus therefore being wearied, right? Um, I want you to write in your notes under being wearied. Deity slash humanity. When you're moving and talking to your buddy and imparting to him life, you're manifesting part of Christ's deity. You're manifesting the wisdom of God, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, a word of truth, and that's deity. And you sense the pop, the the surge through your life. Mm -hmm. But then that's done, you're back to humanity. I talked to a guy who called me. He's been giving out God in his realm and and all that. And he called me on on the phone from an airport. And I told him, man, hey, it's time to take rest. You've been putting out the charge, the juice, and all that stuff. That's deity. That's God's reality and deity through you. Now let's, when it's time to rest, walk it down and be human, right? Because you can't live there. You can't live in electricity. You'll fry. God gives you those electric moments, but you can't, you don't live in a manifestation. You serve in that manifestation. Mm -hmm. And then you got to go, okay, that's deity. And all the glory goes to him. And we get addicted to it. I I had, I used to travel and go places for a week and God's manifestations start happening. And man, I'm living there for three or four days. And then when I come down, it's like coming down. 
You know, I mean, it's like coming down. I was like way up here. My thoughts were better, clear, functioning, and now I'm not functioning. Now I'm, now I'm in humanity. And if guys don't walk that out right, they're, they become manifestation addicts. They don't know how to deal with it. Then they start panicking. And, I, and I'd say, no, no, no. Stay in the game. Um, that's deity. That's him. Tell God be the glory. That's humanity. Laugh. Smile. Yeah. Be human. Yeah. Right? And if, you, and if you don't, and you try to, the other guys that don't listen, they try to fake it. They want to prophesy every second of the day. They're, they end up being a religious joke. Yeah. Like, what do you, you know, I remember, I remember hearing a guy went, went to a place. He was like, Craig, can you tell this man to quit following me and trying to give me a word? He said, I wish he would just stay in his sphere of life. Why, why? I wish he would quit trying to follow me and give me a word because it's not a word at all. No, but he thought he was. That's silly. And it makes God look silly. And the Lord's not silly. I just don't understand why God just doesn't remove those guys. But I can't figure it out. I'm like, he made you look silly. He's like, I don't care about my reputation, Craig. You do. I, I do care. But why, is it, why are they still here? They make you look like horrible. But I'm not God, right? So uh, what do I do now? I shut up a little bit more. <laughs> I've been I shut up a lot more since the last year. You, you know that's part of the thing. I'm like God. I'm angry. Like they're making you look like a clown. Yeah. You know, and then I complain and murmur like, oh, why? I come. And then I stop doing that less because now it's in my world. Like you know, I'm the Potter. You know, you're the clay. You know, just shut up. You know? Like because it's not working. Because I say it, then it pinches me. You know, like, and I'm frustrated. And then it only makes more frustration, right? You know, you know Sarah's blinking, like, why, why are you so intense? Because I made me that way. But it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? I can't stand it. Why? It's not just. And I'm like, I'm over that, man. That not just thing about kicking my butt yeah. made me go to a dark place. I've been there. I had to go there, though, because no one's going to tell me, no, don't go there. It's not just. Not right. I have to go on the hard road, knocks, hard road of knocks, live in some darkness. Yeah. Go like, but I'm not the one doing it. Why am I in the darkness? <laughs> so, yeah, I learned. You know, sometimes you learn obedience, Hebrews 5, by the things you suffer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, God uses everything, even your stupidity. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's God, that's God in reality. And that's God in your experience. That's what I'm saying. We're not telling storybook fantasies. Right. We're talking about, you know, that's your experience. Yeah. So where was I? Okay, so deity and humanity. Well, being wearied, you know, no, Jesus walked on water 24 hours a day. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He was wearied, it says. In his journey, sat thus on the well and was about, I love it, that he sat on the well. He sat on the, the, what man made a religious institution, what, what it was a movement. He sat on the monument. He's making a statement just by his actions. And it was about the sixth hour. And there comes a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto, to her, give me a drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Verse nine. And then says the woman of Samaria unto him, how, always circle how, how is it that you'll be being a Jew ask for a drink from me, right? So in religion, believe it or not, is racism. Yeah. In mm-hmm. religion is racism. Mm-hmm. In re- religion, that's full of racism. It is. And Moses had that racism issue with his sister. He married a lady that was a Cushite, I think. And she basically, she was a black lady. Moses was Jewish. He married him, and she got, she got bothered by it, right? There's racism in religion, right? This lady has religion. She's more loyal to Jacob's well, and she's more loyal to an institution. She's more loyal to a little church-building religion. She's more loyal to that than the reality of who's in front of her. 
And so, so in religion, there's racism. I don't mm -hmm. care. That's why I, I, I boast in the Lord, man. When, when I'm doing a public uh, meeting, Japanese people, Italian people, Hispanic people, Spanish people, um, Puerto Rican, whatever can you are, Puerto Rican, Mexican, <laughs> any can, whatever Italian, man, whatever you are. I, I always told the Lord, that's what I wanted. Every race, every color, right? Because yeah. he's not about colors. He's about people of like kind and spirit that are joined together. That's right. And when I walk in the building and all I see is superior, uh, egotistical, rich, just white people, there's a problem. That's right. I'm not racist. I'm just telling you there's a problem. They're not all there for Jesus. No. There's something wrong if you can't have a multifaceted, a multicolored group. Though it's not, God doesn't look at skin. But all races, all generations, right? That's, right? That's healthy. Yes. You know, not that other stuff. Nor is it a bunch of, you know, skinny jean uh, coffee cup drinkers. Mm -hmm. That's not it either. They all look the same, smell the same, <laughs> but there's no reality of the aroma of Jesus. That's right. They just adapted and became like mimics. Right. I see them all dance the same, do the same worship moves. That that's a parrot, not a prophet. So we're not we're, we're not going into that. God made you unique. He made me unique, and we all have a certain role to fulfill. And my whole goal is for operation in all of our lives. Mm -hmm. If you do your part, your part, your part, my, people will be helped just like that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Not coming to a building fund. <laughs> that's not fun. No. <laughs> it just takes the people's stuff. Yeah. And makes bigger mansions for the dude. Mm -hmm. Anyway, another, another day, another story. <laughs> and he said, give me, give me to drink. And for the disciples were gone away, verse 8. Under the city to buy meat. Then says the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that you, being a Jew, racism and religion, ask for a drink? Right? I want you to write down, truth has no color. You know, all this in the, in the woke generation of life, if you tell the truth, their first thing to try to hamstring you is you're a racist. Mm -hmm. It's not true. Right. It's just that you're avoiding the truth. Mm -hmm. You can't handle the truth. And you don't want to hear the truth because mm -hmm. truth has no color. Truth is a person, Jesus Christ. And truth has light in it, which convicts, illuminates, does all that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they, they lean on that one. Like if you say anything on that, oh, no, that's racism. No, it's not. I don't, that's not racism at all. That's just truth. Yeah. Handle the truth, right? Mm -hmm. So in religion, there is racism, right? It's like people are more loyal sometimes in their culture to Christ, than to Christ. And that's true. And, that, and you know, like, well, this is how we do. Mm -hmm. This is how we always do. Who said that? Yeah, exactly. No. You don't, it's not what you do, it's who renewed you, mm. not what you think you do naturally by skin. That's right. Paul, you know, Jesus said it like this in John 6, the flesh profits nothing. Right. Religious flesh doesn't profit. Any flesh doesn't profit. Mm -hmm. That comes from him. That's right. So I'm not putting any banking in that. And you find people, they're more related to uh, their culture than Christ. There's a problem there. Yeah. Well, that's just how we do it. No. Right? I must not, this is, how I do it. I must. Right? Yes. And then she said, uh, how? Being a Jew, asked him to drink. You're a Jew, I'm not. That's right. That racism. Which uh, woman of Samaria? For the, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samarians. She's trying to tell all the rules that, you know, religion gave her. And Jesus answered and said unto her, if you knew the gift, what, how God wants to benefit you, that, that word gift means a beneficiary free gift, if you knew the gift of God, not Jacob's well, not the religious institution, not your, your, your unbroken but church attending, no, no, a broken, a broken soul that gives God's life and light up. 
And who has says to thee, give me to drink? You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now he's making a shift. You don't need to live in a stagnant well of religion. You don't need to live in that hole of, of the well. You don't need to live in a hole. You don't live in a dark and you don't need to live in a still well. I'm a living word. I'm a flowing God. I'm, I have life and in my life is flow, right? right? In my life is movement. And so he starts making a contrast right there between stagnant and life flowing, right? He said, uh, living water. The woman said, I'm sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. The well is dark, deep, and stagnant. Say that with me. Dark, deep, and stagnant. The institution is dark, deep, and stagnant. It's not. It's a form of it. Jacob has a title of it. But Jesus said, I don't live in those things. And I'm going to sit on, your, on what you call your dream. And I'm going to tell you, the life is going to get in you. If you would have known the gift that he wants to put in you and give you, the life he wants to put in, it's going to be like a flowing river. It's going to flow you right into purpose, direction. And the woman said, sir, I have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. From once, uh, where's the living water? Are you, now look at, he offends her mind to get to her heart. Are you greater than our father, Jacob? Are you greater than our great denomination that was made by this person? That was a movement and that was one. Are you greater than that? Buckle up, man, because he's like, he's contrasting, offending her mind, getting her out of religion, getting her out of a dead well, getting her out of a title, getting her out of a, a, a water that doesn't move. Yeah. Are you greater than our father, Jacob, which gave us this well and drank therefore himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said to her, whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, right? Empty, right? Dusty, yeah. no progression. But, say but, whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well. Say a well. well. Right? Of water springing. Say springing. Springing. Up into everlasting life. Mm -hmm. So again, line upon line. You talk about the, the husk being stripped. Her mind blocks. Her mindsets being stripped. Right in the moment. And the woman said, sir, give me this water. So I won't thirst. And I don't have to come out here and draw anymore. And Jesus said unto her, go call your husband and tell him to come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you know what? You're right. You, had, you tell it the truth. You have to, now, you're, now you're dealing with truth. She's not hiding anymore, right? She's not hiding behind religion. She's not hiding behind her father's traditions. She's not hiding behind the institution. Now, she's, now he's got her heart. Now he's not talking about doctrine. You can argue with people that are eggheads with doctrine forever. He's not talking about doctrine. Now he's got her heart. Yes. He said, go call your husband. And she said, I have no husband. He goes, you're right. You're honest. You're finally getting truthful with me. For how you have five husbands, and the one that you're with now is not even your husband. And the woman said to him, oh, my God. <laughs> she said, sir, I perceive. Now she's awakening, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, my religion just got crushed. I perceive you're a prophet, right? Yeah, and, and so, I mean, when people are behind the curve, Ezekiel 37, you look at it, he didn't say these bones, so nice. people get stuck in dryness, deadness, and all that. He didn't say teach the bones to live. He said breathe on them. Mm-hmm. And God told us to, he said prophesy to the bones, give them life. Mm-hmm. Not teach them, oh, a doctrine or, or a commandment that they must do. No, breathe on them. Right. Prophesy to them. Yes. 
Equip them. Get them from being dry, dead, and on the ground to rising up and connecting to, to life. That's, that's, our, that's, our, that's his heart and that's our goal, right? Yeah. And he says, uh, and he goes on, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet and our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And he says, she's still, and then she goes right back into religion. But our fathers worship in this mountain and you say in Jerusalem in the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said to the woman, woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither uh, in worship in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. You shall worship. He says, you worship what you don't, you don't know. I want to read it in the Amplified right across here. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither merely in this religious mountain nor merely in this tradition in Jerusalem. I'm paraphrasing it. You, you Sumerians do not know what you're worshiping. You worship what you do not comprehend. We do know that we are worshiping. We worship what we have knowledge of and the understanding after all the salvation comes from the Jew, right? And then he goes on this next verse, and I'm going to close it on this, I think, uh, 24. And the time will come, however, indeed, and it's already here. Say it's already here, right? When the true, genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, in reality, for the Father is seeking just such a people as these to worship. Verse 24, and we'll close it with this and maybe start another day. God is a spirit. Say, God is a spirit. A spiritual being. And those who worship him must, say must, circle the must of God, right? I must do this, not I got a heady commandment. No, I must leave this. I must go to Samaria. I must meet this woman. I must make a change in my life. I must is full of inspiration. I must worship him in spirit and in truth and reality. And let's close it with that. So, Father, I want to thank you that we're born of an incorruptible seed yes, and that we worship you in spirit, in life, in light, in truth, in reality, that we're life-giving spirits. We're of the, the last Adam that give life because we've been given life. We're not of the first Adam dead. And we thank you right now for the reality and the revelation of the must of God. We must go on. We must go forward. We must go here. We must go there. We must leave this. And God put a seal on the deal. You're shaking things that, are, that all things are shaken, that what remains remains. And sit on, Lord Jesus, the institutional nonsense. Sit on the well of Jacob. Sit on the things that are robbing people in deadness and release them into the love, life, light of the Father. Send people out. Send them back in. Let them awaken and not be behind the curve. Let them stand up. Wake up. Let them come back to you. Let them get free of those dead places. And let them sense the aroma of Jesus. And we thank you. We thank you. We praise you and praise you that we're alive. Not just existing. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right. So while we-